Welcome to the Water with Lemon podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host. I am super pumped that you are listening. On this episode of Water with Lemon, I'm chatting with Sarah Martin. You guys are going to love her. She speaks so much truth, makes you laugh, and I promise you will leave feeling encouraged and convicted in the best ways. Be refreshed, my people. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Emma, hey. I'm so glad to be with you. I'm so excited to talk with you today. Thank you for having me. I am just so excited that you've da- just jumped into this dream of yours to do a podcast. So thanks for having me and of letting course. me share. Yeah. Yes. You have been on my list. You've been such an encouragement to me. So I just want to talk to you today about comparison. This is a big oh, one, right? Yeah. That's a big one. And it's like, I don't think there's anyone listening that hasn't dealt with it. Like, let's just be real. It's a thing. Uh, Yes. If you are a lady, (laughs) you have dealt with comparison. Yeah. Whether you know it or not. Yeah. Because I texted a bunch of my friends. I was just sent out a mass text kind of thing to a bunch of any ladies that were in their 20s. And I could you not, probably half of them replied with... A list that included comparison. Oh, absolutely. And I bet you could text like your mentor friends, like text my list of people in their 30s and everybody would come back with comparison on that too. So it's a universal, a universal thing. Yeah, it's huge. And I was thinking about it and, you know, obviously this is something that has been going on for, you know, since the tree, uh, since Adam and Eve, <laughs> but I feel like it has been even more of an issue since the launch of social media. Would you oh my agree? Goodness. Absolutely. Social media has totally um, elevated the, the, the level of awareness of what everybody has that you think you don't or should or want or need or that God's not giving you or, I mean, just absolutely 100% social media definitely feeds into this. Yeah. So how do you think it's changed the way that we compare with other people? So I, I was, when I was in college, I'll just be straight up. I'm 39. So I'm your older friend, Emma. And just in case your friends don't know who the heck I you am, I'm, not your, I'm your older friend. And so I was in college and in my twenties before like Facebook and definitely before, um, uh, Instagram, Snapchat, all the things started to, to become a thing. Um, and so I really feel like back when I was in my twenties, I was able to I it, it, I don't remember it being so prevalent in my life, but then as soon as you start getting the scroll, you know, you're scrolling all day long and you're seeing, you're looking and you start to look at your everyday real and raw compared to somebody else's highlight reel and somebody else's edited pictures because they went on Visco and spent 15, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. like the perfect filter, the perfect highlighting, the perfect after they did the perfect pose and and God knows how do these people capture these, these pictures? Like, (laughs) do we like ask strangers at the coffee shop to like take our picture? Like I'm still trying to figure that out. This is so real. So real. (laughs) Like I'm still learning. I have some college girlfriends that I'm learning. I'm like, okay, how do I get these pictures? Because I've got so many selfies on my, on my Instagram myself that I need to get a better angle. So anyway, I'm still learning myself. (laughs) So anyways, but yes, social media has totally, and I think it started before even Instagram. It was like the Pinterest. Are you, do you have a Pinterest worthy life? Like, do you have something that you like everybody's looking to strive for? That was the big thing, like about six or seven years ago, your Pinterest worthy. Like, is it, does it match up to what you're scrolling through and pinning on Pinterest? Yeah. Like, is your house, like, is it straight from Pinterest? Like if it's not, do you, does your house even matter? Do you, do, yeah. Or did that party I just threw for my friend even matter if it's not beautifully curated for the picture in that tiny little square? So yes, um, I totally believe social media has um, elevated, escalated um, comparison. Yeah. Yes. I love that. I especially love when you said like, you know, how did that picture even happen? You know, do you have people following you when you're walking down the street and 
like holding hands with your boyfriend like <laughs> what are you asking people to professionally take these pictures of you just and then you know it turns into wait 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 let me look at it let me okay can you do it again okay wait wait wait, wait, wait. let me tell you so it's fine we're all guilty of it but I think we just need to really every time we pick up our phone like be so hyper aware these days of what mm-hmm. of like what that's depositing into our soul Um, that feeds into comparison and jealousy and all the things. Yeah. And that kind of leads me to my next question of, so what point do you think social media becomes like unhealthy? Because it affects our identity and our worth, kind of what you're saying. So when does it become unhealthy? Well, I've seen it in my own life when it becomes unhealthy, when, um, I can't even celebrate my friends' beautiful, beautiful lives, even though I can tell it's been curated for that day. But even like, even though like I can't even celebrate my friends because I feel like I'm with that. If we want to take it to the more soul level, I think it becomes really unhealthy when we start um, a obsessively scrolling through, and then um, we start blaming God and asking God, well, you, you've withheld from me. Um, I don't have that life. I don't have what she has, that job, that, um, husband, that boyfriend situation, that beautiful engagement, you know, whatever it is that's scrolling through, you're asking God and you're saying, God, you didn't give me that. And instead of like coming to a place of contentment, um, versus that comparison of, Lord, this is what I do have. This is where you are moving me. And it starts to block you from even seeing God's goodness. Mm -hmm. And that's really where it turns unhealthy. That's good. Do you think there is kind of a healthy way that you could use social media then? Yeah. So that's a thing that I've been trying to tell my, like I've been talking a lot about with my friends because I've had to learn it over the years. So in, this is a any time you want to get real and practical here. So there, if there's any time that you are hungry, stressed, hormonal, like PMSing, <laughs> tired, don't even get on your phone. So like in the evenings, like when I'm like I'm just like I'm in, trying to cook dinner and I'm hungry and I'm just in this vulnerable place. I'm mentally tired. I'm not in this great place like I was the beginning of the day after I've spent some good time with the Lord or whatever it was. Like that is not the best time if you're hungry, tired, stressed, hormonal. Just like you just don't even get on your phone. Just stop the scroll, put it away, and you can just say okay. I know where I am right now. I think the healthy way of looking at social media is knowing where your heart is mm. at that moment and what you're vulnerable to. And it's okay to shut it down. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we need to even delete it off of our phones for a while, I mean, you can always bring it back. Like, you know, you can always, I mean, there's no limit to delete, undelete, delete, upload, whatever the app. Yeah. Um, and just take it off because that if there's your, our heart and our soul and our just like emotional health, um, is not, um, it's not worth trying to struggle through, um, and, and sit in that place of, I wish I want, I'm not enough. I'm with God's withholding from me. Um, and then being blind to see what he, he is abundantly pouring out on us. Mm, so, so um, those are my big things. Like that's my little checklist. Okay. If I'm, if I'm fed, if I'm hydrated, (laughs) If I'm well slept, if I've had, if I'm fine with hormones, okay, social media, it's okay. It's okay. I can, I can handle it. No, but I think really, really where the key is, um, the comparison thing, like I mentioned before, where you feel like God is withholding, um, really comes to a place of comparison in general, where, you're looking where God is, okay, God, you're withholding from me. I'm without, like, you didn't give me that. I want what she has. And coming to a place of intimacy with God and um, asking him to show us where we are enough, where we are loved, where we are beautiful. Like, and those are questions that are easy and fear. Like, you're like, yeah, 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 whatever, Sarah. I know the Lord. I know Jesus. I've heard these things in sermons three times already this week when I've been listening to five different podcasts this week. And (laughs) I scroll through all my Christian like leaders on my Instagram and I all read that all day long. But when the rubber meets the road, do you really know that? And the way you really know that is straight up asking God to show you and the way reading the word journaling, prayer journaling with him and asking God, show me what you love about me. 
like, and it sounds a little like narcissistic, narcissistic to ask God, but like he, I mean, what better picture of who we really are than if we straight up ask God, the creator, our, our loving father, um, who deposits the truth instead of what we see in, in comparison to filtered pictures that are perfectly curated. So Amen, sister. <laughs> yes. Well, I can keep going. I can totally keep going. Retweet. <laughs> so good. So whenever I started thinking about this topic of comparison, I immediately jumped to the book Uninvited by Lisa Turkhurst. Have you read it? I have not read it, but I've I've yeah, I know what you're talking about and I I hear that it's an awesome book. So yes, definitely. I'm glad yes. that you I'm glad you read it. I'm th- glad you thought about it. It is so good. I just I ordered it in college because I really like Lisa and I saw she had written a new book. And so I ordered it not knowing what it was about at all. And when I read it, it was like total game changer. It wrecked me. Wrecked me. In just so many different areas of insecurity and shame and dealing with comparison, just so many different things. It was, it's a really good book. But um, I went back through and I was looking at different things that I had underlined and marked. And one thing that I really saw was uh, she did a study, and in the study, she found that girls. 18 and up, go to social media to connect and feel better about themselves. 14% walk away encouraged. That's that's, that's a, big, a given. That's a big difference, yeah. Right. Only 14%, yeah. Right. Which I feel like so many people would be like, yeah, no, I don't usually go to social media and feel all of a sudden inspired. But I feel like that's how it should be used in a healthy way, to be able to encourage and inspire other people. Um. Hmm. Or it could be, you know? And then half of women report feeling lonely after spending time on social media. I understand that one. And totally, six yeah. out of ten women feel like they have to change something about themselves. Okay. Or or their lives, right? Or something about some area of their life. They have to change because of spending time on social media. I think that's what where Pinterest could probably really play in, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it all started there, too. Like, and then, all, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so many things. So what are your thoughts on all of those statistics? Well, I first thing that comes to mind when um, I think about that is it makes me feel sad that we are going to our screen, a a screen for connection with somebody to feel like we matter, to feel like we're connecting, to feel like we have significance and relevance relevance. That's a big thing. We all want to feel relevant these days. Mm. I mean, how many times do we compare like our latest, I don't know, whatever the craze is on Instagram because we feel like everybody else is doing it. So I have to do this. I love Jesus post just like everybody else does. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's just, it's just also keeping up. Like you feel like you have to keep up and, um, it makes me, it just, it, because I fall in the trap. It makes me sad for myself that I have fallen into that trap. And I I guess the best thing that I've I've seen the way that Instagram can be a healthy, not healthy necessarily, but like a good and, and like life-giving situation is if we balance it out with one-on-one time FaceTime with friends. Mm-hmm. So if we are walking away and saying, okay, I'm not going to get how much of my time am I spending scrolling and how much of my time am I intentionally sitting down looking somebody in and because what if emoji hug and talk, looked her in the eye and listened to her life for real instead of what she's highlight, you know, highlighting on um, her stories or what I'm highlighting on mine. And then what would it look like to really, um, embrace somebody else's real story instead of their highlight reel and, and really encourage them in the real and the raw. Um, and then something else that comes to mind really with social media and the way to healthy, like use it in addition to my little checklist of hungry, tired, stress, PMS, whatever. Um, thinking about who you're following, but also what you're putting out there. Like what are we adding to the noise? And if we can be catalysts of real and raw 
and not necessarily perfectly curated, but just what's going on in our life and putting life giving things. And when, if we take the time to look at social media and before we post, are we and thinking to ourselves, is this going to feel like somebody, if we're not, okay, let me, let me, let me highlight this though. We're not responsible for how somebody reads our post. Mm. However, we are responsible to our motives behind posting it. So if we can come as women who love Jesus and say, I just want to put life-giving words out there and encourage others and maybe be that one scroll through that actually somebody says, oh, I'm not alone in that. And as we're posting, are we going to leave? Is that somebody going to feel like they're left out? Somebody going to feel like they're lonely? Is somebody going to feel like they're missing something in life? Then maybe that's a, we we should rethink how we're posting, caption that we're posting, um, because I don't know I don't know about you, but really, what good is it doing? Is if if we're posting about the the late like the party that we went to and everybody's here and you take the little selfie of the party and that's fun, like it's so fine and fun, but really, like what life giving thing is that going to give t- versus like talking about your heart, what's on your heart these days or what God is doing in your life or where you felt like you screwed up lately and like, but God totally redeemed the situation or what you're learning, like versus just all these party picks that feel good that you were included in that party versus like, really like, that's great. Like group text your friends with those all day long, but really what is that going to, you know, like let's use Instagram as in Snapchat or whatever your social media flavor is these days ministry, you know? So that's just my little, um, platform, like platform, like everybody has a voice. You can use your voice for such good and encourage. That's so like that, that's, that's life giving that I say that all the time. That's life giving. So. Yes. I love that. I think my favorite part of that was that there's motive, right? It's all about the motive behind why you're posting it. Right. I think that if we thought about that, it would change a lot about the way that we post what we post. Yeah. Yeah. And what like what what it's going to like how it's going to just add to are you going to add to the noise? Are you going to be a voice of love and encouragement and Jesus and grace and mercy and be that one that people can say, wow, I think you like instead of feeling like, you know, she has to match up to my quote unquote, perfect life. Um, she can say, Oh wow, I'm not alone in that. And, and wow, she, I thought I was the only one that felt lonely at this time or felt like I was, I I'm too loud or, you know, like, or too this or too that. And because she posted about it or she talked about it, even in person, like that can translate to how we like do in real life things with our friends in person, just being real and raw, I think cuts back on that comparison. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I like that a lot. Why do you think that comparison drives us to loneliness? That's a good one because I, I truly, if you get to the root of it, I think it goes back to what I was saying. You feel like God is withheld and you see what others have or you think that they have. And then you start to pull away. Like you think, God, you withheld from me. I don't have all these things that I think I should have. You start to pull away from God. And when we pull away from God, the one who is the true life giver, the true, um, true love, he, he's the only one that can show us our worth and our identity and our beauty and our purpose. And when we start to pull away from that, it just feeds the fuel of, of loneliness. We have that gap between us and the Lord. And, um, then it just feeds this fire of, and this cycle of, well, then here's another one. I'm the only one that doesn't have this, or I'm the only one that's not married, or I'm the only one that doesn't have their dream job right now. God, you withheld from me. I told, I mean, and then it's, then you get angry at the Lord. You get more resentful. You pull away some more. And, um, and then we just start, it just starts feeding that fire. And I really believe that, that, that leads to that void, which then leads to loneliness. Yes, I totally agree with all of that and have been a victim of that for sure. Oh, we all, I mean, we all do. I mean, I think it's, I am not joking when I, I feel like some days I'm so bipolar with, um, with how much I like up and down, I don't mean, mean to sound um, degrading, 
bipolar a bit, like of like feeling how much I'm loved by Jesus or feeling like I'm, I'm living, I'm living without, or I'm living in abundance. Now I'm living without. And like, you know, like living in that orphan mentality where you're always scraping for love and you're always scraping for his, um, provision and his, um, just his basically all boils down to love. And so, I mean, I have gotten to the point where I have to like literally put my phone in another room when I'm trying to focus on spending time with the Lord or when I'm spending time with my family, because it's too easy Mm -hmm. to just go pick those things up and just do that mindless thing. And then you find yourself in the trap again. So, um, it's such a pervasive thing, like even minute by minute for me. And I think that that's where we just have to constantly come before God and ask him, okay, how much do you love me? I let, and then also like, just like let him show us in like with our eyes, like with open eyes outside of a screen, like, yeah, we cannot go to that screen for what we find our worth in. And we just can't. Yes. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. thinking that whole time about how oh. it's just such a habit now to go straight to it. Like, like you were saying, mindless, we go straight to it without even thinking about it. And we think it'll satisfy us in some way. And when it doesn't, that's, you know, probably where loneliness comes in or, Whatever it is saying, hey, it's not filling you, so what is? What are you going to choose to fill that with, you know? Right, right. Because Instagram isn't doing that for you. Yeah, yeah. I think you said a good thing of like, what do you choose to fill? Like, what are we going to do instead? So it's it, that's where the rubber meets the road. So instead of that mindless scrolling where we fall into the trap of comparison. So if I decide, okay, I am going to um, – sit and like operate today and not comparison and not feeling jealous or not feeling without, what am I going to do instead to fill that? Like, cause that's become a, like a thing in our life, a, a placeholder in our life. So if we take that away, it's still a void. So what do you do instead? Um, and I, another kind of trick that I, not trick, but like a little method or something that I've gotten my heart in the right place. A friend told me a long time ago, she said, Sarah, if you find somebody that you feel like you, you have what she, you don't have what she has, or you want what she has, you got that jealousy bubbling up, start praying that she gets more of what she has. Like start praying for her and start praying for her in abundance and that, and it's, it's the hardest thing. Um, I'm in ministry and I, and this is the craziest thing. I see these other authors, um, they, and I fell into this trap about three years ago. And this is why I had to take a break from ministry. God literally put me on break for two and a half years. There was no writing. There was no, you know, mentoring, speaking, teaching, blah, 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 all the things. I literally put it away. And, um, other than just doing life in my own backyard with my friends from church, but the, the comparison thing got to be such a thing. And I remembered my friend's advice. And so I started praying that that friend of mine that had, which she would get an even bigger book deal, or she would even get a bigger, um, situation where she could reach more people with that message that God put on her heart and more and more. And I don't know the science behind it. I don't know the theology behind it. Other than that, you want more, like other than that, pouring yourself out and like getting yourself out of the way Mm -hmm. gets, makes room for God to work in his way in in your heart and in in your soul and in your mind too. So it's intense. It's intense. It's not something you, you know, you have to like say, okay, Lord, even give me the will to like do that kind of prayer for somebody else. Friend, like she's getting married and she's posting this, all this beautiful wedding prep or she like you pray God make her like I just pray that her wedding is even more glorious than what she has planned that she feels like so loved and so beyond beautiful that you like and all her guests just shower her with love and shower her and that all the things that you would want pray for pray for that person that you started kind of letting that jealousy build up and um, I don't know what God will do that what what God will do in that when you're making that room for him because I don't ever want to put words in what God would do in that situation for somebody else but he does move in that situation man that's such a place of humility I feel even maybe yes. when you don't believe that for yourself just being able to pray and speak it over it speak that over them and yourself whenever you align your heart that way then you're more likely to, your heart is more likely to change. And it even just starts just realigning your, um, just, just realigning your heart in general of like, okay, I'm not focusing on myself. 
Um, I'm focusing on others and wanting God's goodness for others. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's also on the same flip side of like, I think comparison really comes into play where, like I said before, I'll say it over and over again. We feel like we're without, um, we don't have the intimacy with God to where we, um, we let him just fill our voids and, and, and let him show us how much he loves us and how much we're worthy. But, um, we just also, when we fall into comparison, we lose a good grasp of God's goodness. And, uh, when you start losing a grasp of God's very nature, that's, that's where we, I mean, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And then we start, you know, blaming him for all the things that we don't have, or we think we're not enough. And then like that cycle again, like over and over again. So. So let's jump to some truth, like some scripture. Yeah. Are there any biblical examples of comparison you can think of uh, or just areas that we can go to when we are facing comparison? Totally. Yeah, I'm glad you asked because I have sat on this subject for, for several years now, like I mentioned, because God put me on break because of the very topic of comparison and my heart just wasn't in the right place. And I have um, always remembered Colossians um, 3. And there's a couple of parts to this. Some of it's really lofty and lovely, and but then some of it's like cold, not cold, but hard truth that the Bible, only God's word can like, cut to the chase with this. So if you're in Colossians three, um, verse one is the really kind of like, okay, God, this is good. I want to, so I'm going to read it. It says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So what I just, I, I've, I love this verse. I constantly go back to it. I often make lists of what's going on in my mind. Okay. What is earthly things? What are heavenly things that are going through my mind? What are heaven sent kingdom minded thought processes of love, encouragement to others, repentance. That's a big one. If we're going to move out of comparison and jealousy, there is a, like, we have to literally confess it to God and say, okay, I'm turning away from those thought processes. Those are kingdom things that are set above. And it says not in earthly things that are temporary that that scrolling is earthly those are temporary you guys those that amount that we spend looking at an image those images like i've i've done so much work on social media lately like thinking through social media strategy and stuff like that and those things those squares whether it's facebook instagram absolutely snapchat because i know snapchat scrolls through faster those things usually only have like a shelf life of 24 hours literally if we're talking about earthly things those things are literally a shelf life of 24 hours. They have value up to like, other than the value that we place on them, like really what value are they when we're talking about the grand scheme of things and what value are they when they're not always even real? Yes. You know, so <laughs> stinking temporary, especially yes. when you fake it. Exactly. And especially when we go and attach our worth based on something else, somebody else's highlight reel, like I said earlier, and that thing literally goes away in 24, like it goes away, it goes away. So what I love about this and what God has been showing me when I was in this like turmoil of like, but she's got that, but I want that, but I want this and I don't have that. God said, okay, you were coming. Uh, he put me in the place of just hiddenness where I had, like it says in Colossians 3, it says, uh, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So we get to the place of, I want, I, I don't, I want, I need, I want, I'm not enough. I, 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 and we elevate ourselves in, in what our needs are and what we think we want to a place where we start doing idols. Like we make big old idols in our lives based on the things that we see in others. And really this, our true life is when we are hidden with Christ. And then when he appears, when, when Christ comes again, when, when he appears, we come alongside with him in his glory. That is so, so long lasting compared to that 24 hour temporary glory shot that you press a little heart button and it's over. Yes. So I just, I constantly, I'm constantly making lists 
what's these, this reminds me of what's, what's this list of where's my mind? What are the things that are, that are above versus earthly things? And then this is what really got me. If you don't mind, if I'm keep, I'm going to keep preaching if that's okay. Yeah, girl, Um, you keep going. (laughs) It says, so if you continue this stuck to me big time several years ago in verse five of Colossians three, it says put to death. Therefore, what is earthly in you. Okay, here is a list of things that if you were any kind of good Christian girl that list that listened to all kinds of sermons all week long, went to church, all your Bible studies, all your things that you do, which is awesome, anything on this list, you'd be like, oh, no, you know, I cannot be like that. But let <laughs> me tell you something, what's on here. Okay, put to death, hold, hold your horses, sexual morality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and mm. covetousness, which there is, it is. which is comparison. You're when you're, when we're comparing, we want what others have. And that is straight up listed with sexual immorality, impurity, p- evil desires. Those that is in the same list as all those things. And God just showed me how like, wow, like I am, I'm in so need of Jesus in his holiness and his love that covers all my sin, even in those hidden things of like those comparison. Those are hidden moments. Often are we, am I going to tell you, Emma? Oh my goodness. I want her job. I want her hair. I want, like, we don't really say those out loud all the time necessarily, unless we're like joking with our friends about Taylor Swift or whatever. But like, (laughs) But like, really, those are hidden thoughts and they're just in God's eyes, just as sinful as all the other lists on there that we don't have to go through again. And it's like, Lord, please have mercy on me. I'm so sorry. And if we get the like gravity of what that means and what that does to our soul and separates us from like that intimacy with God, I've been asking him to give me even more of a picture of like what, like the gravity, the gravity and the enormous, like the bigness of the, how bad, like how bad that comparison can turn into, what does it fester into other things too? So, and good news is that, I mean, we've got so much mercy. Like he's, he's mm-hmm. got so much grace over us. Um, and we can turn up back our, we can turn our, we can reset five times a day, 10 times a day, we can reset our mind toward those heavenly things. Like we have so much grace, even though he calls us to hire. And as we like start to reset and repent and turn away and turn back, then our, like we start remolding our habits. We start to turn into holy habits instead of unhealthy habits of scrolling and comparison and all the things. Yes. I love that you brought up first, or verse five. And I think it brings up a whole other topic of comparison with us comparing our sins, like looking at that list. And like you were saying, you know, somebody who thinks they have it all together, even ourselves say, okay, some of those on that list. No, definitely not. That's not me. But we're so guilty of others. And the Lord does not rank sin. Like He's not like, right. this is the number one sin. This is the number six sin. You know, we we are sinners. And so all of these things is what we are, right? We may not deal with these things on a daily basis or whatever it is. But I feel like we can also compare our sin. Or I do this, but not this. Right, right. Somehow justifying our sin, right? Yeah, yeah. And it reminds me because another scripture I was going to kind of go to for this, and you brought it up in a better context than what I was even thinking was when you look at the whole interaction with Mary and Martha and Jesus and Mary sitting at Jesus' feet and Martha's like, I'm doing all these things to serve you, God. Like, what is she doing over there? Blah, blah, blah. You should tell her to get to work. Basically, you know, like Martha's starting to compare with Mary and like, I'm better. I'm doing more. Right. I, I, that's how I would start to be. Like, I'm the, I'm can be all the time a Martha, like all the time. Look, God, look at all these things I'm doing, but I'm not, I'm not sitting around like, tell her to tell her to get up. And, and then Jesus said, no, Mary's doing the better thing. And I love God's which God's showing me this week as we're kind of leading into Easter. And, um, it's just kind of that, like I've been saying it before, 
intimacy with God. And when we start to sit at Jesus's feet, we not only are covered in a new sense of his love for us and our worth and our identity and our value, but also we get a new sense of we, we are real. We really are sinners. Like as, as pure and holy as God is, we are still sinners. And I think that that keeps us in a place of constantly needing to sit at Jesus's feet right where we need to be. That then turns into, okay, God, I am loved. I have a, um, I have all that I need. I am enough. I'm not too much. I am all the things that you made me be, that you made me. And though I'm learning and repenting and turning away and then growing, I, I am where you, you want me at your feet, at your feet right here, Jesus. And, um, when we start spending more time at the feet of Jesus, than looking at all those temporal things, those things that fat that have 24 hour shelf life on a little screen, our heart just begins to turn more and more vibrant. Like we have, we're like, it's almost like scales fall off of our eyes to where we see life as it truly is. And then we, we see who we are as he truly created us to be. And then we can operate in a more healthy way and um, live our lives out in a more healthy way. So Yes. yes. It just realigns our purpose completely. Totally. Right? Yeah. Again, going back to motive. Why are you doing it? Like, right. why are we on? Why are we on Instagram? Why are we on Snapchat? Why are we posting that on Facebook? When we go all the way back to our purpose on this planet, all of those things seem so dim, right? It all grows so dim in comparison to our purpose and eternity with Christ. Yeah, yeah. I think that we, if we give ourselves more brain space, because I've, I've been sitting thinking like, Lord, like, why do I put so much value on things that I see here on this earth and on the screen and like what I'm comparing of what I think I want out of others' lives? Why am I putting so much brain space? When we start filtering a lot of that out, I'm not saying go be a hermit and put away your phone forever and not be on social media and not do the life-giving things that we could be doing. But when we make more space in our brain, that get in our heart and our soul, it gives way to God really like showing us why those things are dim because our world is pretty flashy these days. I mean, there's a lot of that when I'm sitting with the Lord, I'm like, God, that is really kind of like a flashy, attractive thing for me to be spending my time thinking about. Like, can you show me what's more heavenly? Like, show me more of who you are. And like, God, I'm not asking you to be flashy for the sake of flashy because I know you're big and glorious. I know it in my brain, but God, can you show me? And I think the only way that we can really see Jesus in his full glory is if we continue to make space, make space, make a way. And that takes kind of putting aside those other things those, those things that distract. Right. Just delete the app. Delete it. Totally. That's you can bring it back later. I have to do all the time. I, I mean, like I deleted the app three times this week already or more. Like, like, but right. I had to bring that, like, I'm like, oh, I got to check. I'll bring it back. I had to check something. And I don't know. I was checking quote unquote. And, um, see, like yes, I fall off my own trap. Like guilty. I'm totally, yeah. So. Yeah. I'm like, this is all of it. It's just all got to go. Sometimes I'm like, can I get a flip phone? Like, I just... <gasps> no kidding, right? But then I think about like maps and all the things we need. Googling random questions during the day when I'm, you know, Aww. just wondering, you know, is Doctor Seuss really a doctor? I googled that today. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he wasn't funny. even a doctor. He oh, they just so called cute, him Doctor Seuss. You know. Yay. Um. So, can you point us to any? truths we can hold on to when we're feeling the weight you kind of gave us some scriptural truths can we maybe turn it into like just something we can tell ourselves when we are saying when we are thinking man I wish I had what she has or wow I feel so uninvited I feel so lonely uh what are some truths we could hold on to yeah I I think um we have to recognize when we are going to those places in our heart, like 
we, you, it's almost easy to say, it's like, it's like, well, duh, I do feel an uninvited, but like, do we know that you're at in this moment and we start to get emotional, you start to get angry or like anxious or whatever that's, um, whatever is like surfacing, um, when you start to feel that jealousy and comparison come, do, uh, do we recognize what's going on? And also I'll go back all day long. Are we hungry, tired, stressed, hormonal? Like don't even get on the phone. Uh, don't even open the app if if that's where you are at that moment because nothing good can come from that vulnerable place. Do we know our vulnerabilities? Um, and then really the things that we tell ourselves, it, we could tell ourselves affirmations all day long, which are so good. You know, I am loved. I am cherished. But really, I the best thing as a friend that's been there, done that, I can tell any of my friends is that just go to Jesus, like let him sit quietly. Um, it's called listening prayer. You can sit with your Bible, sit with some scripture, like Colossians, make your list of things that are above, make your gratitude list with the word in front of you, but sit and just let Jesus tell you what he is like, what, how much he loves you. And, and if we make space for that, it's awesome. The Lord works ways and he speaks to our hearts that only he can speak to that depth of what we need to hear with like affirmations and things like that, that are life giving and amazing and should be used. But if we are stopping there, we are missing out on the Holy spirit Mm -hmm. speaking to us, to the exact thing that we need to hear. And we can only do that if we make space. And like I said, if we just shut it all out and sit quiet and listen and um, recognize our vulnerability, that's, yeah, that's the best truth I could say that's on that. That's good. Because if we really think about it, if we wonder why we're in this those spaces of comparison, stealing our joy, or making us feel lonely, if we are filling our minds with social media more than we are with spending time in the Word and soaking in truth, it only makes sense that that would happen, right? If yeah. Our, if we're spending most of our time looking at that rather than truth. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, we get. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, man, it's been really good conversation about comparison. I even feel super convicted about certain things. I'm like, man, I want to delete Instagram right now. You know, let's go. Well, it's just one of those things where we don't. I mean, if we come to that healthy place that we have spent time with God, that we have let Him speak to our heart about our worth and our how much He loves us and all the things that are filling our our soul to overflow, then heck yeah, get on Instagram and go and be a blessing to somebody else right? Um, instead of add to the noise. So we can't go and hole away all the time. We should not mm-hmm. because really this is where the world is right now. It's social media. I mean, yeah, we need to be spending one-on-one in the flesh with people looking them in the eye. But um, this really, I mean, if we start holding away, we miss out. Like really, if you, if you have ways to share and encourage somebody else on social media, let's do it. Let's add to the goodness instead of the noise. Totally agree. I love that because it can be used in a good way. Just yeah, using it in a totally. way. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So I really want you to tell me about your book, Rise Up. Thank you for asking. So um, Just Rise Up is um, the tagline of it, or the subtitle is A Call to Make Jesus Famous. Mm. And I started out my ministry um, with a love for 20-something. So when you came to me and said, I'm doing a podcast for my friends my age, I, in a heartbeat, was like, yes, Emma, yes, 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 awesome. That is just my heart, too. And so I wrote this book. Um, well, I, my first book is for, it's called Stress Point. It's for specifically 20-somethings. And I don't often talk about it as much anymore because it's a little outdated. I put some cultural references that are really like you. You guys would be like, I don't know what she's talking about. Whatever. <laughs> So anyway, it's, it's an older book. And so, um, I wrote just rise up after that. And I really, I wrote it not just for my 20 something friends. Cause I always have girls that are in college coming out of college, right in that college career. 
um, time of life. And, um, but I also wrote it for my friends because I wanted my friends to read it too. And it's based on Psalm 145 where it says one generation will proclaim his fame to the next. And so the book is a, um, call to women who, um, really are living more of, even if you realize it or not, but it's a call to rise up off the couch of complacent faith and make Jesus famous in every square inch of our lives. So that means living a life of praise with a humble posture before the Lord, um, seeking out God's agenda versus our dreams and purposes and looking after Him for our purpose and um, coming to Him with a humble heart and then also influencing others to make Jesus famous too. And so it's a verse by verse through Psalm 145 with lots of journaling questions and, and ways to interact with the Lord. And it's my hope that the reader would um, come into a place where she is just having meaningful um, conversations with God about what it means to live a life of praise with a humble posture, looking after him for his agenda and not our own and, and all the things I just mentioned before. And so it's still very much my passion and I, I'm kind of a cheerleader. So I'm always like, just rise up. Like, of course, that's what my book title is going to be. It's like a, with a big old exclamation point, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's, that's my latest book. That sounds really good. Uh, so these are a couple of questions that I'm going to ask every guest that comes on my show. Yay. So first one, what is one thing that you wish you knew as a 20-something? I wish I knew about uh, dry shampoo. Like, I don't think that was a thing back then. I mean, what in the world? I spent so much time doing my hair as a 20-something. I mean, like, all the time. Blow dry. And I know that I damaged my hair so much. I'm totally joking. I, I mean, I'm joking. I'm not joking. Um, all that aside, I'm besides the dry shampoo is, um, I, <laughs> I just was I, not expecting that. Not, you weren't expecting so that. Okay, funny. So this is more along the lines of what you're asking. Okay. <laughs> I would tell my friends, you don't have to f- have it figured it figured out. When you're coming out of college, you're most likely not going to have your number one dream job, your number one setup. It's not going to be the perfect situation. It usually is not. Like, and that's okay. And because because we have things to learn along the journey, and you you can we can work to our dream job. We can work toward those things and let God just show us and grow us to where we're ready for that dream job or we're ready for that. And you don't have to have it figured out. You really don't because let me tell you, when you get to thirty nine and or when I was thirty seven and we moved to Texas um, after being somewhere else for twelve years, we moved back to Texas. I thought I was back in seventh grade. Will they like me? Will they be my friend? Will I have friends? Can I go to that party? I feel left out because they're all posting pictures of this cool night out they all did. But I'm the new girl and they don't know me well enough to think to invite me. Blah, 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 blah. So I'm just here to say that, like, you think you got it figured out. It's fine that you don't. You'll have to figure out again, not to be, not to like discourage anybody, but it's just part of life and it's so normal. Yeah, that's what I would tell myself and get some stinking dry shampoo for heaven's sake. <laughs> that's so good. That's the best part for sure. Yay. Uh, are there any resources you could put in our hands around the topic of comparison? Well, I just um, go and read that uninvited book. I've heard so much about it that, yes, go read that. Um Really, not to give a plug, I mean, because I just talked about it, but my book, Just Rise Up, really, it just, it puts you in a place where you're trying to, you look to seek after God's glory and not your own, and then that leads into you want what just God has for us, for you, and you move out of that place of comparison when you're truly, truly seeking after Him um, to make Jesus famous instead Mm -hmm. of your own 24-hour shelf life of a post that goes on Instagram. So good. And then what is refreshing you these days? Let's see. Um, I am kind of in between jobs right now. And so I've had a lot of time to make 
art these days. I love to mess around. I'm kind of, I call myself a wannabe artist. Yeah. I I'm love not... your Instagrams. Oh, thank you. Um, I, I just do it for fun. I started selling a few things, but then it started turning into a thing. And so I'm like, all right, I'm done with this one for right now. I'm not selling it anymore. Cause I'm so type a, I'll turn it into a business and then it's not fun anymore. Um, so, but I've loved <laughs> messing around with my art because it's springtime and so flowers are everything everywhere. So it's easy to start painting flowers cause it's spring and I love the colors. Um, let's see. I'm what's refreshing me. What else? I know that you're a big LaCroix drinker. I love LaCroix too. Um, yeah, you got it right there. Um, I am loving this new makeup I got about five, six months ago and it does the contouring. Like I know this is so like, this is not of earthly. These are earthly things versus heaven sent things. But, um, it's just fun to mess around with my makeup and what's really giving me life is there's an illuminator. It's like a little highlighter. Just kind of add some shimmer shimmer. That is so fun because I just mess around with makeup because I have time. (laughs) Yeah, that's fun. And then the setting spray, that's a new, that is really giving me life these days. After I've worked so hard on doing this like contour just for fun, whatever, the setting spray is a must have. Yes. So again, yes. totally prefacing this, this fits in the Colossians 3 verse 2 as set your mind not on earthly things, but it's okay. We can have some fun. But it know? is the little things in life, you know, it really yeah. is. Yeah. 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 I tell myself that. So it's good. It's good. So yeah, that's about it right now. Oh, and I'm reading this cool book. It's a historical fiction book, and I don't even know what it's called right now. Sorry, I should have grabbed it. But it's on. Um, it's an older book. I'm dreaming of going to Ireland. I oh. want to go to Ireland so bad. My ancestors are from Ireland, hmm. and it is just so dreamy. And I, I want to go frolic in the green, green grass of double outside Dublin and whatever. But uh, <laughs> one of these days, I'll totally get to Ireland. Yes, go. You guys need to go. Yes, yes. I told my husband we're going. Some at some point we're going. That'd be so fun. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. Uh, thank you for having me. I always love talking with you, Emma. So I'm fun. so proud of you. you this are, podcast is great. You're the bomb. Oh, you are, girl. You are. That was so fun. awesome. Sarah's words have really been resonating on my heart and I can hear her saying, hold up, are you hungry, tired, emotional when I go to reach for my phone? I hope her words, which are ultimately the Lord's, impacted you today. I would encourage you all to go buy Sarah's book, Just Rise Up, which is available on Amazon. Go like us on Insta at Water With Lemon Podcast and leave a rating if you loved our chat. See you next time, folks. Stay fresh.